Wake Me Up When September Ends. This is the Scum and Sneak Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. I am recording. I just double-checked. Hallelujah. Bro, we're going into week four. That means the quarter of the season is already over, and I am sad. It's crazy how fast it goes. Crazy how things have shaped out so far. Not necessarily in our league, but just in the NFL. Like, who had the Panthers at three and zero? You know, after week three. That's no, you're you're right. There's some weird stuff going out there, but also there is some weird stuff going on in the league. I mean, we've got yeah, yeah. we've got Ben and Wade both sitting at three and zero. None we did not predict that at the start of the year. All right, which one out of Ben and Wade? Which one is the Panthers, and which one's the Raiders? Uh, I'm gonna say. Question. Uh, I know my answer. I think so. I think the Panthers are more legit than the Raiders, and I think Ben is more legit than Wade. So that's how I would say it. I would say, yeah, I guess I would agree with that. I would almost say that the Raiders are more legit than the Panthers. Well, the the Raiders have had, I would feel like, a harder schedule up into this point. Fair. Yeah. Fair. The Panthers. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty even, I suppose. I would probably flip the Raiders being a little bit better than the Panthers, but I would agree that Ben, a little bit more of a – we saying Ben's a surprise at 3-0 more than Wade is or vice versa here? Kind of. I would say Wade's more surprising person. I think Wade more surprising because of his – back at the beginning of the year, we were just saying he has zero running backs and he's 3-0 with – playing with zero running backs. Most random set of running backs and still getting like 16 points a week from it's like oh man that's just that's brutal but yeah no we're i would yeah this uh the uh season is shaping out to be stranger than i think we all or at least you and i thought for sure going into this but crazy crazy um just before we move on have you seen that that stat about the Panthers and how they haven't trailed at all this year. Like they haven't oh. taken an offensive snap while trailing. In ah, I did not see that. That's amazing. Which is okay. nuts. But um, no Christian McCaffrey for a little while. So that could change uh, pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. That's going to be not good for them going forward. We'll see how old Chubba does. We'll see if he's able to come into that that role that we thought, you know, at the beginning of the year, we were talking about the draft and I remember making comment about Doug picking Fryermuth and, you know, Zach Wilson, when he could have tried to grab some of these second round running backs or the, um, these uh, second tier or whatever backup running backs and he doesn't do it. And now we're at a point where one of them is going to get some starting work and, and we'll see what they can do. It is crazy though. Just, I mean, we're on the Panthers backfield. I still believe in Royce Freeman. Is that weird? That is very weird. I was a big fan of his coming out of Oregon. I thought he was like going to be the guy for the Broncos. And then Philip Lindsay happened, and I'm like, oh, flash in the pan, rookie year Philip Lindsay. Did I say flash in the pan? Whatever. Second year Philip Lindsay, still way better than Royce Freeman. And uh, maybe this is maybe this is it for the Rolls Royce. Well, you're not the only one. Matt drafted him, I think, as his number. Didn't he have two picks that first round? And 
what was that pick? Because he 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 he'll admit that was a bust. Yeah, was I it? I want to say Gideon? Royce was, was like, that the Saquon Royce back to back draft. That sounds right. I know Royce was like the third overall pick or something. Yeah, definitely high. I mean, I would have supported it for sure. Yeah, I mean, not at the time it was like yeah, no brainer. But that was Matt's draft where he got. Essentially, he was going to be retooling his running backs with two starting rookies, and then Royce was just the one that didn't pan out. I remember that. Maybe, though. We'll see. Maybe this is it. <laughs> Maybe this is it, Royce. Uh, well, yeah, Shane, we got a we got a good episode coming up, a lot of fun matchups, a lot of good breakdowns. But we got to start with a nonsense, man, of course. Gotcha. And personal news, I got a PS5 this weekend. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Brendan. What's going to be your uh, game, your go-to game playing during, uh, what's it called, maternity leave? Paternity leave. Oh. <laughs> but I'll probably finish some stuff that I that I haven't, like, absolutely, or I haven't totally wrapped up yet. Something you gave a little try, uh, Red Dead Redemption, little Ooh, cowboy that game. Was, that was fun for, like, a week, and then I just got overwhelmed. But that's a, that's a, that'll be a cool one. So I got to wrap that up, and then, I don't know, maybe I'll dabble in, like, uh, if they're on sale or cheap or something, maybe a Madden to get some football in, maybe a NBA 2K. But leads into my question to you, Sneak. What is your favorite video game of all time? Doesn't have to be PlayStation, doesn't have to be current. It can be like an N64 game, Game Boy. You know, you've got lots of choices, lots of fun stuff. <clears throat> Rattle it off. Let me hear some of your some of your thoughts. Well, number one overall. Uh, that's going to be a, uh, that's going to be a tie between <laughs> legends of Zelda Ocarina of time. Oh, great one. Uh, Madden 07. <laughs> Specifically <laughs> that year with the spec catch, bro. That was just the greatest <laughs> football game ever. Is that, is that also the vision cone season oh, two? I don't know if that was when it, when it came out, but yeah, dude, spec catch. And then when you could vision the quarterback around and Oh, that was just so much freaking fun so i'll go with those two uh top of my head i'm totally down with you that that madden run from like oh five oh six maybe to 08 is like golden in my opinion loved sure. it just had, it. had to have it had to be a part of it playing online just all day every day so much madden that's uh, that's up there for me Played a lot of, I mean, hearkening back to the Eric episode, played a lot of Game Boy Pokemon for uh, for a few generations, you know, played it up until uh, high school. I don't know if that's outing me necessarily, but. Uh, Freaking nerd bomber. <laughs> uh, we'll cut that. But uh, yeah, I got I to gotta go. My favorite all time, Super Smash Bros., the original on N64. So many good choices on N64, but that was my number one. Played it a lot as a kid. Had a major resurgence, as we talked about with T not too long ago. And uh, can't get enough of it, honestly. I would play it right now if I could. I Like I said, I never really played much of that game. I suppose I missed out. Were you big on, like, uh, GoldenEye or... GoldenEye was, was fun. I was at, back in those days, like the N64, getting into some of those first uh, years of like the Xbox and whatever, I was either into 
Madden only or like the ledge or the uh, Zelda type games. Those like yeah. RPG, like build a big world and go out there and just freaking do quests all day long. <laughs> can't blame you. Can you uh, do the ocarina theme right now? No, I can't. Got it in you? <laughs> do you? Can you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! I thought you for sure had that in the in the wheelhouse. I was trying to think of it, but I, I can't get it right now. Well, good throwback. Tell us your favorite video game. You know, give us your feedback. And also, bonus question for the listeners and for you one more time, Shneek, before we wrap it up. Best Madden football player. Like, who is your guy to use? I know a lot of people would say probably Michael Vick in that one year, that he was just the man, but. I'm going to tell you right now, and this is going to, this might be a surprise, but because of 07, it was Braylon Edwards. Oh, what a pull. With the spec catch. I think it was Derek Anderson back then was the quarterback, and you might have been the Brady Quinn backup where you could Mm. just throw deep bombs, and I would just use her catch all day long with Braylon Edwards, man. My guy. I like that a lot. Mine, I kind of cheat, and this is just from playing a lot of, like, Less online because you can't do it online as much. But when you're doing like your franchise, your season, uh-huh. like I said, I was always the Chargers, super running back heavy. So give me LT all day. Yeah, for sure. Square, 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 square. You're done. <laughs> what, what is that? Is that the spin? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Freaking spin moves back in those early 2000 Maddens were like this huge like spin circle and it was yep. like so unrealistic on a real spin but like the slowest so, thing in the world too you'd just be running up the sidelines and there'd be just guys coming at you and then you would just spin basically to midfield <laughs> oh so oh my gosh man bring us back what a question man that was great maybe i'm gonna get mad now it's over it's i got, it. I got the itch you have the itch. Don't accidentally become a professional Madden player. I could be like Young Doss. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I, at least I wouldn't have to move if I get drafted by the Raiders. Yeah, you know if they do that. But how amazing would that be? Not that amazing, I don't think. But oh. <laughs> all right. Well, week week three was uh, was pretty predictable. Shneek. We picked every game right. So I think our our rankings that we're going to get into right now are going to be pretty predictable, but let's get into it and then we'll discuss a little bit. But as always, we're going to start from bottom to top. Number 12, you big sneak, but no sweat off your back. Nope. Number 11, Tyler. Number 10, Doug. Number nine, Jim. Number eight, big follower from last week, Matt, the South Dakota Buffalo. Number seven is Hesse. Number six is Chase. Number five, slipping a little bit after a loss, is Brendan. Number four, Wade. Sorry, number three, Ben. Number two, Eric. And number one, coming off of another high point week. I'm honestly kind of surprised with myself, but scummy, let's do it. Jeez Louise, man. Are... Yeah, at this point, I don't see how you're going to be knocked off that top unless, have you played Earn yet? Yep, week one. Okay, so until the next matchup, I don't know what what to tell you. I don't see you, you jumping down there. And it's this week's Dugs Don't Swim. Nice. Dugs Don't Swim. I did take a little look ahead. Um, I play Eric in week 12, I believe. 
Okay. And that is the week that the Chiefs are on a buy. So uh, oh, chuck up that loss. That might be it. That's a, that's an easy one. But what do you think, Shanique? Um, we've got three undefeated teams in the top four. I think that makes sense. Myself, Ben, and Wade. Uh, ben and Wade have had a little bit easier schedules, but still can't knock them for being undefeated. Brandon in the actual like sleeper rankings would be seventh and out of the playoffs right now, sitting at one and two. Yeah, we have been in the top five. Anything to mention there other than he's still got a good roster? I think that's what it is. He's got a good roster. He's still got players at any week could either pop or just stay consistent. He loses last week, only scoring 100, 149 points, but only loses by 10. Uh, and then you kind of look around the rest of the league. I just don't, I just don't see how right now we can, we can get him out of that top. I know, like you said, seventh and sleeper fifth in our rankings. Uh, I, sleeper has Hesse there at that two and one, uh, but he, one of those wins is against me. And I don't think Brandon has played me yet. So <laughs> that is, uh, and he's currently 30, 40 or so points, 50 points or so behind uh, Brandon in overall points. So sleeper rankings, our rankings are going to be fairly similar throughout the year, but yeah, Brandon still got that roster that um, affords him to be up in that uh, top five, six ranking until he really starts to bottom out. Do nothing sure. commit. So yeah, Brandon still has a good roster. Uh, we'll see how the CMC injury affects him, but I think we'll get into that maybe a little more in the matchups. Yeah, I forgot about that, so that doesn't help him. Uh, but, yeah, it's still fair, relatively early, and he's come up a couple buzz saws, a couple of the top teams in the league. So if he doesn't turn around, we'll revisit his ranking, but right now he's still top five, top six for sure. Jason Jesse started off – I think they both lost in their first matchup. Steadily have been climbing since. I could see a pretty tight battle for that last playoff spot between them. I would say Chase probably has the better roster, but I like I like that answer. Jesse has the playoff streak going right now. So who do you think ends up winning out between those two rest of the season? Calling it now at that somewhat quarterway point. Yeah, between those two, I still have to lean toward Gucci's team. Stafford's been playing out of his mind. Saquon looks to be getting better, you know, a touchdown, 50 yards, six catches. So if he kind of just slowly continues there and gets into that solid 25 points a week, we know what he can do with the rest of that uh, the squad. I think it's just – I think it is a better team overall than Hesse's. And then, you know, matchups aside – uh, and what the rest of the, you know, you have to imagine that Ben and Wade are going to drop some at some point here. And so really though, you know, we're looking ahead, ahead that Ben, Wade, Gooch, Brendan, Matt, Hesse conglomerate is going to be duking it out for those, those spots, but comparatively Gooch and Hesse, I'm going to lean Gooch uh, just based off, off roster alone. And I just don't know if, Hesse's got enough of that firepower, especially with what we're seeing in Chicago. Uh, Lamar Jackson is playing well, but not necessarily putting up again this year the fancy points that he needs and expects. So going to lean on Gooch out of those two. I would agree. You kind of mentioned there's like a, a nice middle chunk there that should all be fighting it out for the playoffs. Our bottom four, 
Jim, Doug, Tyler, and you. Uh, really, you're the only one that is specifically playing for the future. So Jim, Doug, and Tyler all have incentive to win. Doug, maybe less so because he does own his pick next year. But who do you think can either make a move with their roster or just start getting some better play out of their players and move up a little bit and maybe join that middle group? Any, any strong contender out of those three? Well, I'd like it to be T. I did call him to make the playoffs and win a playoff game. I feel like his roster is, is better built to be able to make that run in the, in the season. Mm-hmm. But kind of what we were talking about last week with Jimbo. Yeah, he went up against the top three teams in the league, basically, at the start of the year. So, and then looking at his roster, like we were kind of talking about last, last week, if he were to do something about a future – outlook i don't know what it could be other than a a kyler and i still don't know what he could get for kyler maybe a first maybe two firsts so i would like it to be t to make the move in the season and then jimbo to probably look look at the future but i just jimbo also appears to be really trying to make a move here as well in the season to get back in the playoff and contention and he should fare a lot better with his matchups in the future so, but I think we're looking at going into week four, maybe two or three more weeks. And if it stays the way it's staying, both teams might have to look at a, at a future, uh, the future prospects and what they can do to turn their team around. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Like you said, it is kind of a rehash of what we talked about last week, but it's going to take something creative for both of them. I think just because, you know, normally we would say, the path to, to getting some players to, to get your, you know, roster stronger, to increase your chances of making the playoffs that is through picks and neither of those teams, Tyler and Jim have a whole lot of pick. We want to say equity or cachet to you. So it'll be tough. You, you said it two weeks in a row now, Jim might need to look at moving Kyler, which, oh man, I'd, I go back and forth on that because that is what's going to fetch him the, the biggest bounty. Yeah. But it's also a, a building block that he could have for however many years. I mean, like two years in a row, Kyler's just been scorching uh, for fantasy anyway. So I don't yeah, know. It's tough. Totally, totally agree. And I kind of liken it to my situation with Dak. Like I could have moved Dak this off season probably got at least a first out of that, maybe a player or a first and a second or some variation of a pick player situation. And I decided I'm just going to hold back. I don't really need to trade him, see how this plays. And I think Jimbo is in that same boat with Kyler. I only say that is because I'm looking at his team who like, you like what you just said, who's going to fetch the bounties, who's going to fetch the pick or two or the players. And, on, and it's going to be Kyler on his team because he's the most highest scoring player. He's a quarterback who's, who runs blah, 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 all over the place. But for sure, I would – Jimbo could say, well, Kyler's my building block. Clyde is a building block. Everyone else is, exposed, uh, you know, expendable or something along those lines. When you look at the team, yeah, I guess that's the best way to put it. Like, he doesn't have to trade him by all means. He could build around Kyler, like you said, for the next two, three, five, ten years. Who knows, however long – he stays good and they, that Cardinals team stays relevant and always putting the the weapons in his hands. 
it's just like like we've been kind of saying i don't know i don't really know what else there is to do yeah well that's the ranks this week folks let us know what you think if you have any issues with it well uh, you're probably wrong so yeah for sure Shink, we'll take a break here before getting into the matchups, and then we'll hear a word from our sponsor this week. Well, hello there, friends. It is Sneak Inc. once again, one of the topmost favorite sponsors of the Scum and Sneak show. And just like last week, it is week two of Spirits by Sneak. That's right, folks. We've got a drinks division now. And this week, you know, last week of September, fall is upon us. Last week, we talked about a nice scotch. This week, we're going to give you one last week to really enjoy those brewskis, whether you're watching the game, whether you're just hanging out on a random Tuesday at home. Pour yourself an ice-cold Bud Light Lime and with a little jar of dried ice right next to it to give that little bit of taste of spookiness as we get into October. Sneak Inc. Spirits by Sneak. Thank you. And we're back. Go grab your BLL and listen up to the next segment. And I also love the little spooky touch that Spirits by Sneak gave us. Ooh, I am excited for October. Yes, sir. We are we are here. That's tomorrow by the time you listen to this. So fun. All right, Sneak. Let us get into the matchups. And I think that we'll have some some more success like we did last week as far as picking the winners, because I would say it's another straightforward week aside from maybe one or two that we will get into. Yeah. Let's start off with my matchup. The number one team, Doug's Don't Swim, versus the number 10 team, Team Doug J. So we've got a uh, our one and two ranked tight ends from the preseason, Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller matching up. That I feel like, or we also have Derek Henry on Doug's team as, you know, his stalwart. But other than that, again, there's just not much that he's got going for him. He could have some spikes from Christian Kirk, like we've seen, maybe a touchdown from Marvin Jones. Chase Claypool might be the last guy standing for the Steelers, but you know, it seems like Juju and Deontay are, are practicing at least. So wouldn't expect anything major from him. And then even if all those hit, I just think that Doug still has some holes in his lineup. Like a quarterback, Zach Wilson has not been it. Michael Carter on the Jets as well is barely getting integrated. Hasn't shown much like breakaway pop. So he's not going to be a bell cow. His total is not going to be super high. And then I like my matchups. I've got Alvin Kamara versus the Giants. I know that the uh, the Falcons last week didn't have a lot of like traditional rushing success versus them, but also they don't have a dominant running back. So even if Kamara can't like get a lot of push from like an offensive line or, or make hay there, I mean the reception work's going to be there, right? It's going to be fine. Uh, give me the stack. 
with Mahomes and Kelsey versus the Eagles. The Eagles just got torched by the Cowboys, so expect a lot of success there. And Adam Thielen's going to catch a touchdown every single game of his life, I guess, right? That's what it seems yeah, like. I guess, yeah. You've hit all the pain points for Doug and all the positive points on your side. Although Doug does have some positive matchups, the players in those matchups just pale in comparison to yours. This is going to be a route. I expect a huge win. Uh, and then, like, like you said, he's got Derrick Henry. He's got, and then the matchups is going to be the funnest matchup. It's going to be, you know, see how the tight ends fare against each other. Uh, but we're going to, it's going to have some nice Monday night matchups. He's got Waller, you got Eckler. And yeah, Thielen is just a touchdown machine. What a trade by you this offseason once again. But really, nothing else to talk about. I mean, starting Zach Wilson, he scored two points last week. Maybe he gets four or five this week. <laughs> Mahomes is going to like have another 30 spot at least. So nothing really else I can say to make a case here for Doug. We were fairly well in the know of what Doug's team can and definitely can't do. It's looking a little bleak for him. So yeah, you win in a route and that's that. That's that. Let's move on to a more interesting matchup. Two teams in our top five, the brother-in-laws going at each other. Team Smith, Ben 08, uh, number three ranked versus the number five, still named Miska Muska Gesicki Mouse. That might change by the time this airs. So uh, what do you think about this one? Yeah, we got to see what Brendan will rename his team this week going up against Smith, Ben 08. I'm excited to see that. But again, uh, no, actually not again. What you just mentioned, this this is going to probably be a closer matchup than we uh, than we anticipate or that a lot of people thought. Uh, Ben's team has been playing really well. Uh, we've, he's got Brady Sunday night back in New England. He's got plus matchups in his running backs and most of his receiving room. Uh, Brandon does as well. They're not as plus. They're kind of there's some plus and some middling. Don't know how well DeAndre Swift can do against Chicago. We'll see what Hubbard can do against uh, Dallas. We'll see how they use him. I don't know if they're going to use him like CMC or not. They might just give it to Darnold and have C- uh, have Hubbard be in there. I don't see Hubbard getting 10 targets and 15, 20 carries. So maybe Brendan makes a move uh, in that regard. Uh, and then I'm looking at his third receiving spot. You know, he's going to play Devontae and Diggs. I don't know if he sticks with Pittman or if he looks to maybe go Corey Davis going back up against Tennessee, or maybe, maybe gets ballsy and wants to throw Brian Edwards on Monday night against the chargers. Probably not, but definitely don't do that. It's going to be a close matchup, but honestly, I'm going to call for the Smith Ben 08 win. There's something in the air, something in the water with that team. It's Brady. It's cup. Uh, DJ Moore and Cooks are just having great years. Uh, so that's where I'm going. Diggs, Diggs is great and he's good, but 13, 15, and 10 to start the year on his fantasy points. That is not what he wants. He probably gets into that 20 spot against Houston this week, but I don't know, man. I think Brandon goes one and three. I'm calling for a Smith Ben 08 to go four and O. And there you have it on my side. What do you think? 
I tend to agree. I mean, Ben's team, the players up and down kind of look like they have better matchups than Brandon's team. Cooper Cup is, I think he's the number one receiver. Yeah, uh, right for fantasy. He's and he's got a plus matchup with the Cardinals. Miles Sanders should bounce back against the Chiefs coming off of a, you know, it wasn't even his fault. He just wasn't involved. Yeah. Against the Cowboys. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure they're going to need him to try and keep up with the Chiefs. And then you touched on it first, but that Brady going back to New England, there's so much wrapped up in it. He's going to pass the all time yards record, right? Is what it is. Oh, is he? Nice. Yeah. I think he only needs like 68 yards to pass. Um, True breeze. Breeze. It's going to happen in New England. Big time revenge game. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he throws for six. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's going to be highly motivated. Ben's Ben's sticking point, or like what he really needs to look at, is that flex spot because he's been rolling out Devin Singletary, who for the first two weeks was the right play. Zach Moss is back and he's getting run and has scored three touchdowns in the past two games. Uh, it's becoming more of a split in that Bill's backfield. It looks like, and Moss might be taking that job back. I don't know. It's, it's tough to tell. What do you think? I guess of just those two specifically. Specifically looking like Moss after getting that healthy scratch week one. Uh, I don't know if that was uh, something with in the locker room or just, you know, sending a message, but he does seem to be, slowly if not it's taking it over after last week i'd like to see maybe ben throw Hines in that flex against miami and you know just for opportunity wise that game is probably you know the the buffalo game is probably going to get out of hand pretty quickly against houston but maybe singletary is part of that but it's more likely going to be josh allen so i'd like to see Hines get into that starting lineup or like i said maybe even moss but yeah, the sticking point seems to be his flex. And if he can figure that out and get a nice player in there, that's consistent. And then, and then the Taylor, let me check Taylor, you know, 29 and 10, that is not what he needs to get out of his starting running back. Maybe he gets back in the groove against Miami. I don't know. He probably doesn't like to play Taylor and Hines, but you know, Hines is going to get the catches and Taylor probably will get a plunge score. So that's where the, the points are with that matchup and what probably needs to happen for Ben to remain undefeated. That's the funny thing about this matchup. Like when I think of what we were saying about Brandon and Ben's teams le- leading into the season, we were all about Brandon's depth, his dumb depth and his like just wealth of options. And Ben, we were saying maybe was a little lighter on options and that's completely flipped. Partly due to injuries for Brandon, to be fair. He lost Dobbins. CMC's out now. Um, Michael Thomas has has been out. Jerry Judy got hurt. So Jacobs missed the last two games. Jacobs, yep. So the options that he could play instead of like what you're saying, like a Chuba or a Michael Pittman, they're just they're not available to him. So that's tough. But like just to stay there though, I just this just popped into my head. He lost, I mean, any other team that loses McCaffrey and someone who's relying on Gus Edwards to be their guy, Dobbins, Josh Jacobs, not having Michael Thomas, and he still is running out a team that should and could beat a lot of teams in the league. He's yeah. DeAndre Swift, Deontay Adams, Diggs, Pittman, Goddard, Chuck, like he still has 
that depth is, is, I don't know if we've seen necessarily a team that has had so much depth have to rely on it so early and so heavily. True. Yeah. So good on you, Brandon, for building that team up to sustain injuries because any other team hitting one of those injuries is devastation, but three, four is like, I'm not going to even be close to scoring and winning. And Brendan doesn't seem to be getting that right now. I know he's been losing, but he's been playing you and Ernie. So if he can put the wins together on this team and then when his guys come back, that's what he's hoping for. But yeah, he's used the depth and had to, and still remained good. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fair. He doesn't have depth like this week looking at, maybe try and swap out options, but his depth is what's put him in a position to still have a good team right now in this matchup against the second place team, excuse me, second place team in the league as far as like standings. But going to Ben, just to touch on it really quickly, we'll move on soon, but aside from Heinz, he's got a lot of good other options that he could flex, you know, trying to stay away from that Bill's backfield. He could play on the same team, Cole Beasley or Emmanuel Sanders. Both have like been good, especially last week, now that Josh Allen's kind of found his rhythm again. Mm-hmm. But Cole Beasley's safe for, what, like eight catches a week, which is going to be fine in your flex. And Sanders looks like he's kind of finding his footing, right? Mm-hmm. He could also play uh, Devontae Smith against the Chiefs. Just hope for a shootout there. Still the number one option for Philly. And even like a um, DJ Chark, who has been up and down, but still he does have like players he could at least feel feel fine about if he doesn't want to deal with the, you know, flip-flopping back and forth for the Bills. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And it'll be interesting to see who gets more out of their tight end spot between these teams, Dallas Godert or Cole Komet. Not great. Not great. But we'll move on to the next matchup. Another fun one. Uh, I pitted these two against each other in a question to you earlier. But we've got our number six ranked team, High Speed Chase, versus number seven, the Full Monty, Hesse's team. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, based off what I said earlier and looking at the squads, I call for Gooch to get the win to go three and one, Hesse to go even at two and two. And I think, I think it's going to be a very, very close matchup. Both have some question marks on their tight end with injuries. Uh, both don't have the greatest quarterback matchups. Montgomery probably gets off the bad game against Detroit. I don't, the Barkley Saints matchup is, is not good, even though Barkley was showing to be, I don't know if back is the word, but better. Hmm. This is a tough one. I think I agree with you. That'll be very close. And I'm just going to call. I have a feeling right now this matchup is going to be decided by four or less points. That's my prediction. I like that. I like that. It's very, very well possible. I don't love, I don't really I'm looking. I don't really know if I love any of the individual player matchups and who they're Ah, you know, maybe you can make a case for McLaurin against Atlanta and Montgomery against Detroit to be in the best matchups between the two sides, players 
wise, but it's going to be an interesting matchup. I say Gooch gets the win, but it's like you said, it's going to be very close. Yeah, their quarterback matchup is going to be really, really high scoring between Matt Stafford and Lamar Jackson, both in in fine matchups. I think the Arizona one's a little little juicier at least in the fact that like it might be a shootout so Matt Stafford might have to try and keep up but Lamar even if he's not passing he's going to rush for 80 yards and a touchdown you know to keep the Ravens in it against the Broncos so um could see uh see a close matchup there I'd give the running back edge to Chase I don't think Melvin Gordon can keep up what he's been doing lately. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that, but against the Ravens, I wouldn't expect it. I don't know. Like I said, it, looking at looking at it across the board, it's just going to be close. That's why I said four points or less decided by. And I don't know. It might come down to how much how much Brady wants to stick it to the Patriots with uh, with Gronk too. Mm, like, interesting. Interesting. If you're in the red zone, is Brady just going to like focus on Gronk just to make it a little extra, extra painful for Belichick and, and company? That could be a, it could be something to watch, especially for this. Yeah. Or it could, I mean, it could come down to those kickers, Justin Tucker, another 66 yard or five points. That could be our swing, man. What a doink that was. Yeah, that was wild. I don't know if I've ever seen, I mean, I probably have, but like seen a, Field goal hit the crossbar and go in. And then still go up and out, like, bounce high up, too. It was weird. A couple of, like, really fun, wild plays this weekend with that 109-yard field goal return to the Jags, that field goal, Raiders going to overtime. Seems like we've had a lot of three weeks in, a lot of either crazy finishes or unique plays, and it's just fun. I was thinking about that because – did, did the Cardinals try that Matt Prater 68-yard field goal after Justin Tucker hit his? Do you remember what the timing was? No, I think I think Prater's was before. Because that's funny because I think he was the one that had the record before, right, for the longest field goal? It sound, sounds right. Sounds right. And I was just wondering if, like, he heard about Justin Tucker's was like, well, let me go kick 68 and then, you know, <laughs> was short and then uh, touched down. but um yeah close one here i was we'll just have to see it's it's hard to really feel that strongly either way even though um, with the small spread i agree that chase i think is the one that comes out on top all right let's go to our next matchup laviska lavuska number two ranked team Versus number 11, Big T's team. And uh, I don't know. I feel like something is brewing, Snake. Yeah, I feel like something is is brewing here, but it's going to be a very good brew for Ernie and a very bad brew for the T himself because this is the blowout of the week. The blowout of the week. Big Ernie beats Big T. Let's come and sneak blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Let's go. Blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Ernie E. Fritz 
Eric gets a blowout over Big T, and it is not even close. I'm calling a spread of like we're getting close to 65 points here. Oof. Golly, Donald's been playing amazing. Najee is finally getting all the work that he deserves. So that's going to be a huge boon. We got Mixon Thursday night against Jacksonville. Could go either way there. But even if it does go bad, Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett, Jamar Chase. Woo, those are some receivers. Now, we know T's got great receivers as well. DK, Amari. DK's been a little slow to start the year. And Amari seems to be a little bit hurt. Was out of the passing plan, if you will, the last two weeks with the Cowboys only getting eight points the last two weeks. Hopefully he can turn that around, but it's going to be a little too little, too late, and not enough on T's side. I don't love the Aaron Rodgers against the Steelers matchup. I, I started to come around that Pitts was going to, you know, maybe stay with that like double digit scoring and puts up a dutter at five points against the Giants, who have a horrible defense. Maybe that gets back this week against Washington. I don't know. Even without Dalvin last week, Ernie didn't even – he's got Madison. He's got all the backups. He's got all the options. I don't see a world where this is even close, unfortunately. And we talked earlier in the episode, T's team is made more for trying to make a run right now but just because the Rodgers, the Cooper, the Metcalf, but his, his running backs are tough. He's hit the injury with Mostert. Uh, maybe Beckham, he gets him into that lineup. But, man, talk about a stacked team. Eric gets the blowout. And uh, T maybe gets uh, something. I don't know what they're getting. <laughs> He's getting our, our support, as always, in our hope that Odell Beckham – is back like he seemed like he was last week. Mm-hmm. Um, still don't think that'll be enough though. Sterling Shepard is also a little dinged up. I don't know if you mentioned that, but even with finding replacement receivers and being okay there, James White had the uh, Ryan, Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yep, he had the Ryan Fitzpatrick hip sub, so he's out for a while. And we've talked about Tyler's running backs just not being deep at all. He was relying on James White to be his number two. Now it's just down to Jamal Williams, and then he's going to have to throw in a, a backup. One of the Williams is Damian or Daryl. Maybe he can work some magic, find like a another TJ Yeldon from last year, but it's just uh, not going to be enough having that, that low of a spot going up against Eric, who you've mentioned it just is like teams too deep, too good. The weaknesses that we thought he might have maybe had in at quarterback is is gone. Yep. Pitts didn't have a great week. I don't know. I oh, gotta do Pitts talk. What am I? I almost forgot. So two bad weeks, one fine week for Pitts. Watching those games, or at least watching some of the plays, whose fault is it? Is it Pitts's fault? Is it Matt Ryan's fault? Is it Arthur Smith's fault? Are you asking me? I'm asking you, yeah. Um, because it's not Pitt's fault. It's not. I don't think. I mean, like, he runs his routes. He catches what gets thrown to him. Does he though? Uh, yeah. Let's check. He's caught what? 
Matt Ryan, yeah. Two, uh, Matt Ryan's two out of three targets last week. I mean, Matt Ryan's a shell of himself, don't get me wrong, yeah. but I think of and, – and we've been even seeing it with Ridley not really right. doing well, as, and we know Ridley's an all-star talent. I just – I feel like some of this has to be on, on Pitts as well. Maybe, like a little bit, because I guess you could say he's not getting super open to get the ball thrown to him, but, I mean – but it could also be game plan. Like we're seeing that a little bit. I mean, I don't want to go into it because it just hurts my heart, but we saw that with the bears and fields, like yeah. that game plan was a complete strange thing. So if they went out and drafted pits top four, whatever, why not gear your game plans around him more, get him better routes, more open in space, get him more touches. If that's what you, I mean, that's why you draft someone like him, right? Like, even if you're going to have a bad year and suck and not be in the playoffs, like develop your guy, three targets, two catches. Like, I don't know what was, I mean, they had the ball plenty of time. They had the ball plenty in red zone. You know, Matt Ryan, I think sat fumbled once or twice through pick probably like game plan for him. If you want him to be involved, but again, just kind of going back to Eric's team, he's doesn't even need pits to be doing anything because of the way his team is set up. And so if Pitts does get going here halfway through the year and it's just going to be an extra 12, 15 points for him every week. Yeah, then we're in trouble if Pitts gets going. We, you and me collectively. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the next matchup. We're getting near the end here, but a fun one at least group chat-wise. Jimbo's deer, deer emoji, number nine ranked team. Versus our number eight team, Team Chase is delivered, the South Dakota Buffalo. Close matchup in our rankings. Sleepers projections have it 16 points apart, just about 15 points. Mm-hmm. So that, that's pretty close, I would say. Both teams have – I'll go ahead. No, I'm just saying it is. Yep. Both teams have underwhelmed against our preseason expectations. But who's going to take this one? Well, I was going to say Matt. <clears throat> I think he needs the win at this point. I think even more so than Jimbo because of, like I said, preseason expectations, the way the team, way, the way he's, what he's done to his team to win now. I'm going to call Jimbo to get the win. All right. He's 0-3. Mm-hmm. You know, this um, we're not calling any upsets or anything like that. Where I'm just calling that Jim gets the win. Matt goes to one and three. You know, he didn't. He wasn't helped at all last week with the Hopkins injury slash decoy game, whatever you want to call it. AJ Brown getting hurt. Tunyon getting like one target or whatever it was. Herbert played well. Robinson played well, but I don't know if he even had Robinson in his lineup. No, not last week. So, yeah, I mean, Matt would admit he had some bad calls on lineup formation last week, but also just hit some crazy bad luck with some of the receivers. Allen Robinson has not been playing up to par Detroit's a good get right game, but just looking on the other side, like we mentioned, Kyler Murray, if that's a shootout at the Rams, that's another 40 spot Uh, Clyde getting, I think he had a hundred yards and a touchdown this last week. So maybe they're ramping him. Carson's always going to get his work. You know, again, if this is a blowout, Woods is going to be involved in that. Ruggs is looking like maybe he's not the bust we thought he was. Uh, 
Robbie Anderson, I don't necessarily have any confidence in, but it's Dallas. So we're either calling shootout, but that Dallas defense is looking a lot better than what it has been. But, you know, Robbie should – and now with the CMC out, maybe, like you said, they're going to rely on Darnold to be throwing more. So, I mean, we could just go down the line and really compare it all out. I'm calling for Jimbo to get the win just because I feel like at this point, if he goes 0-4, it's worse for him than I think if Matt goes 1-3 and because Matt's team is – okay, he's got the players to make more of, more of a run later in the year than Jimbo. And I'm just going to throw Jimbo a bone here. I want him to get a win. I want him to be – happy and like you said this is going to be the group chat game they're going to either be silent all all weekend or they're going to be texting every five seconds so well that remains to be seen and we're all looking forward to it we got some interesting wrinkles here in the lineups uh jimbo going jumbo Noah fan and logan thomas in the lineup. and your name jimbo going jumbo <laughs> which i love uh we got a reverse stack kyler murray throwing at deandre hopkins so you know, Matt's definitely hoping DeAndre's feeling a little better, getting right. We're totally weird game plan, I think, just overall last week with the Cardinals. So I don't, I don't know what Cliff Kingsbury's doing. I mean, they won, right? So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, they almost they won by like fifteen, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, it's just uh, the usage with all of the skill position players except for Hopkins. I think is just kind of all up and down, like. Kirk is like two great games, one bad-ish game. I don't remember what week two was like. Rondell Moore spiked once and then was like barely used the next week, which is kind of weird. AJ Green is still kicking, even though we kind of proclaimed him as like a ghost. So mm-hmm. I don't know. The running backs are weird because Connor is – well, I guess it's not weird. We could probably predict it. Connor is like the goal line back and Edmonds does everything else. I mean – I don't know, I guess they just have a good offense with a lot of pieces, so that's why it's hard to to pin down for fantasy. Maybe that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, that, I mean that's a that's a true statement for sure. But yeah, Matt's team should start to get right. I think we saw that a little bit with Antonio Gibson last week. I mean, most of his production was on one huge play. But if you're the if you're the Washington football team, like, how do you not see that and go, oh yeah, let's let's give him more touches, right? I don't, I don't know. It's infuriating and frustrating. And I know the South Dakota Buffalo is right there with me because I called Gibson to be the breakout, the top guy under 23, whatever it was. And I'm all, but his usage has been odd and strange. You know, he get without that humongous touchdown, he goes 12 for 31. Like, yeah, but I don't understand understand what's going on like you're just going to throw 35 times with Heineke like you have a a really really good young running back out there feed him give him the ball yeah even in the screen game because look obviously it works and (laughs) he can handle it but yeah he should be getting 20 carries a game five targets a game easily but they get into this more like Heineke's the man go out there and throw it to you know, they only have McLaurin on the outside, really. Like, it's not like they have, like, a bunch of receivers. Ugh. Annoying. Annoying. What else uh, is annoying for Matt? Is probably, Jimbo's going to win, or are you going to call Matt for the win? I will I will agree with you that Jimbo will win. Woo-hoo. Just because of Kyler. That's going to be another 45-point game. Like, <laughs> I have no doubts in my mind about that. Yeah. Um, even though Herbert could like hang with him, 
The Raiders' defense is it's looking okay. It's not looking bad, but I mean, they let the Dolphins put up what like thirty almost on them. I think they did. I don't remember. Yeah, I just think that the injuries to Matt's receivers is what's going to hold them back this week. AJ Brown and Deontay Johnson are both coming off stuff. Maybe they'll play, but as we saw last week with DeAndre, like they can play and be out there, but not be productive. Just, you know, they'll help the team. Just not going to be like the focal point of the offenses. And then, you know, Tunyon, maybe this is another touchdown game for him, but it's kind of been tough to predict for his production. And I don't know, Pittsburgh isn't, I don't say it's like a scary matchup anymore. It doesn't seem like it, but I could see more success for the Packers with Aaron Jones, with, with Devontae Adams still. So, yeah, I don't know if we'll get a blow-up Tunyon game. And, yeah, until the Bears offense, until they prove us wrong, we're going to say that they're one of the bottom ones in the league, and that's bad for Allen Robinson as much as we – like, we know he's great, but there's only so much that can happen if – if, again, whatever, like, like you said, whatever – the reason is whatever the recipe is holding back that team, whether it's Fields and Dalton, whether it's Nagy, like it's just not working. So until we see something change, you can't count on Robinson to be 17, 18 points, you know? Yeah. And I know Matt was hoping for that once Fields took over, just like everyone else thought it would be. Yeah. So that's last week. Hopefully it's anomaly, something stupid, just throw it away and move on this week in Detroit. Like I said, get right game show us, you know, what they can do. And I'm, I'm expecting that because yeah. if it doesn't happen, then, Oh, and uh, Spencer Rattler. Time. Oh, jeez! <laughs> Don't get Matt going on him. He hates him. Oh, he's, he's bad. I agree. Yeah. I think I did watch that. I don't know if it was this week. I just think it was last week. I watched most of that game. And I was like, this guy's like talk being talked about as being like the next guy and he just looks super pedestrian yeah all right here we go Debbie talk he's uh he wasn't even good last year i don't get it like he can kind of move out of the pocket sure but like his throwing motion is like the ugliest thing i've ever seen i hate it <laughs> you know what i mean it's just like he doesn't it's like he doesn't try to throw the ball and he makes bad decisions i i mean like i could see him really falling in the draft process next year. Like once teams get him into workouts and stuff, like, yeah, maybe he was a Heisman guy just because he was on Oklahoma and like they expected a lot of wins out of him. But once like they get him in to interviews and watch him throw, it's going to be like, yeah, he's a day two guy at best. Probably. That's my guess. I like that. Let's wrap up our matchups here. We've got team sneak ink almost messed that up again. Versus Team Wade Yealy, former co-workers going at it. Well, typically when it comes to playing old sneak this year, it's usually a guaranteed win. It's usually, okay, do I even need to pay attention? Like sneak, his team is bad. He doesn't have him, but, but uh, you know, all I got to say about this week is Wade, Gus T.T. Showbiz, my old mate from the garage, do not be too upset when I upset you. Scum and Sheik upset of the week. 
Gum and Sneak Upset of the Week. Upset of the Week. Yay, yay. Upset of the Week. Sneak Inc. wins, gets his first win of the year, probably his only win of the year, on the backs of Dak and Sammy Watkins and Deontay Harris and Dietrich Felton and Hunter Henry and <laughs> Hunter Renfro and Roddy Blank, Gio Bernard. Those are some scary, scary players. Don't even get me going on my bench. I've got all the quarterbacks sitting there ready to be ready to do whatever they need to do for me. Even fields. Come on now, Wade. What's going to happen this week, man? You are going to lose. You are going to go to three and one. And because you're going to get a combined six points between Cordero and Sony, Waddle is going to suck and be stupid. Tyreek Hill is going to only score like 10 points. Mike Williams doesn't score 40 again or whatever the heck that was. Hawkinson. C.D. Lamb, you heard it here first, folks. Sneak gets his first win, upset of the week. Upset of the week. It happens. We've seen stranger things happen for sure. And, yeah, this is the week Ty Johnson breaks out. I don't know if you said that specifically, but I'm calling it. Yeah, I like that. I'm only projected to lose by, like, 40. And by the time the Thursday and Sunday rolls around, probably only going to be projected to lose by, like, 30 and which is just an upset for the taking and i'm gonna take it take it take it bro yeah you kind of covered it uh definitely not gonna get a lot out of his running backs uh, on wade's side so he's really counting on those receivers and if they dud out that's it's there for the taking josh allen looked like he found his form last week got a cupcake matchup against houston but that could mean too that they get out to like pretty easy, you know, 21 to nothing lead off the back of some rushing touchdowns that he's not involved in. And he could just have like a, a ho-hum game. And yeah, Hawkinson's coming off of a two point dud. So he's not as consistent as we thought he was. I'm liking your odds. I like it too. Sorry, Wade. Well, that's the matchup this week, folks. If you disagree, again, wrong. Sorry. Sorry. Take it up with the board. <laughs> I got your complaint box right here. And if you, uh, if this was a video medium, you would have seen where I pointed, but I guess, I guess I'll just move on. <laughs> <laughs> where did you, did you point to the Kleenex box or the like box of miscellaneous office supplies? Or to the your coffee cup. Point right to the trash. Right to the trash. Yeah. Uh, good one, dude. <laughs> All right, let's get into hopes and dopes. Coming off not our best week. You had Darnell Mooney as a hope, banking on Justin Fields, like we all were. Tough one. And then you had Tom Brady as a dope, and he did fine against the Rams defense. They still lost, but you know, some of that was kind of like trying to come back and a little bit of garbage time. So maybe we, we could give you like a push there. I said Jalen Waddle was going to be a dope and he kind of was because he only had like 50 yards or something, but it was on 10 catches. So he still scored Wait. a bunch. <laughs> Waddle had 10 catches. 
something like that. Let me double check. Ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Twelve catches. Golly. Twelve catches on thirteen targets, but only for fifty-eight yards. So, still a fourteen-point-eight fantasy point game, but uh, you know, I'll take I'll take a loss there. Still, had Tyler Boyd as a hope. Our one correct call from last week. He scored like I predicted, but. We're going to get off the schneid this week, Sneak. Why don't you start us off and give us your hope and dope? Got it. Well, I'm going to – my hope this week, and we I briefly, briefly mentioned it throughout the episode, but I'm going to come over to your team, my friend, because I don't think we've focused on your team much because of how great it is and whatever. But I know you called for Calvin Ridley to be the greatest receiver ever this year, and it's <laughs> not looking like he's going to break receiving records and all nope. that. Fun stuff, but I'm going to call that this week Calvin Ridley does what you wanted him to do all along. He is your hope, and he is the number one receiver this week. He finally gets his 10 catches, 160 yards, and a touchdown, or whatever it may be. He gets he gets going the way that you hoped and that you want. It's not like you're gonna really need it because you've had games already now where you've been winning and Ridley scores like 10 points, but I'm coming your way with a big Calvin Ridley game. Big Rid does his thing. Oh, I love that. was not expecting that. No. Yeah, you're right, though, that wide receiver one overall call, not looking likely. But if it happens one week, I will take that. Yeah, you're going to get it, man. And my, my dope, my dope, the big dope call, we're going to go to my matchup because I am upsetting Wade. Mm-hmm. And he was a dope last week, and he gonna be a dope again this week. Is T.J. Hawkinson? Ooh, big call! Excuse big me. call. He is. Uh, he's gonna put up another like four or five point stinker. You know, we were like, whoa, 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 and now I don't know. It's a whole amalgamation of the offense and the running and the not running and the Dan Campbell and the relying on Goff and this and that and. The whole shebang with the Lions, but Hawkinson is going to suck. Good. Revenge on last week when I had him in the newsletter scoring two touchdowns. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Let's stick with tight ends for my hope, and it's kind of a weird call. It's a rookie, and it's someone on Doug's team. Mm. Someone that you mentioned, but not in a positive light earlier, but it's Pat Fryermuth. Ugh. It looks like he's taken over the starting tight end job, or at least like the most involved mm-hmm. in the offense for the Steelers. Not a great role, not a great position, but still he should be the guy at tight end. And with, with a hobbled Deontay, with a hobbled Juju, I think Fireman could have a nice game for himself. He scored last week. Wouldn't be surprised if he scored again, if Big Ben looks for him, you know, in the red zone or goal line. Mm-hmm. And Doug should play him. Doug should go Jumbo, um, go Waller and Fryermuth, get Michael Carter out of the lineup, and maybe have a have a slight chance against me. You know, if if Henry and Waller have major games, the slightest of chances. Slightest chance, and it's a slight chance that Fryermuth is a hope. But I like to live on the edge. Living on the edge. My dope this week. And I don't, I don't mean to pile on because this guy is probably sad that he has to play this player. 
But Brendan, the dope this week is Chuba Hubbard. I'm Ooh. sorry. Yeah. He didn't look that great running the ball on Thursday night against a, a worse defense than he's going to have to play this week. The Cowboys look pretty legit. Like Micah Parsons is like super cool. I like him. Yeah. And freaking Trayvon Diggs is like balling. Yeah. So I think that I don't think the Dallas offense is going to have any trouble scoring against the Panthers. So game script that, you know, maybe, maybe Chuba does get a few targets here and there, but I don't think he's going to get it going on the ground and he's projected for like 20, which is, yeah, that's just not going to happen. I don't think the problem is Brandon, like, like we talked about during the matchups, doesn't have many options to play instead. I, I think he's just hoping that Jacobs comes back this week. But um, even if you're forced to play Chuba Hubbard, I think he'll be a dope. That's part of the reason why I agreed to pick Ben as the winner. And, and I don't I don't think Chuba's bad. I just don't think this is the game for him to, like, really step up and be, you know, even 80% of Christian McCaffrey. No, I don't think anyone's expecting that or, you know, that is going to happen. And like I said, I agree with the way you're saying. I don't think the usage is going to be there. Where the Panthers are going to just hand it over to Hubbard. They're going to hand it over to Darnold and the receivers. Right. Well, that's hopes and dopes this week. Uh, we're going to get back. We're going to bounce back, like I said, and go 4-0 between us. Gots to after my freaking debacle last week. And it happens. I think we're coming up at the end, but. We've got to do America's favorite segment. Scum and Sneak at the Thursday night game wrong. We get it wrong every week, but we've been picking the winners. <laughs> we have been picking the winners, so let's keep that streak going. Interesting matchup. I don't know if, like, if the NFL schedulers were, like, that excited to put this one on primetime. But we've got Thursday night, Bungles versus Jags. Two weird kitty cat teams, but I guess a fun quarterback matchup conceptually. Joe Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence, right? Kitty cat teams. <laughs> oh, that's great. The freaking battle of the kitty cats. Yep. Two uh two young, young guns. I think Burrow is light years ahead of Lawrence at this point. Uh should maybe be an offensive show. They don't both don't have the greatest of defenses, so okay. You hit me with your predict, and I'll come come on your tail. Man, I was hoping you'd go first because I am like, <laughs> I don't. All right, know. all right, I'll go first. I'm going to predict that the Bengals win. Obviously, sure, sure. <sighs> Score twenty-seven. Twenty-seven six. 27 9, 27 Okay. I, I think for the first time this year, I'm going to disagree with you. And I don't know what I'm doing because this is probably wrong. But a little gut feeling Jags are going to win this game, get their first Ooh, win. Get their first win. Okay. Yeah. Might as well take the leap now. On the road, which is again, I don't know why I'm doing this, but Trevor Lawrence has a good game and the Jags win. 24-21. All right. I like it. You got to pick the Jags to win a game at some point. Why not be on a short week Thursday? I'm assuming they're at home against the Bengals. Now they're on the road. 
doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't matter. All right. Ugh. Even after saying, I'm like, why did I do that? But that's the segment, folks. That's it. That's what we do here. All right. Week four, kind of the quarter wave point. I think we'll officially, I've got some stuff for us next week as we really hit like definitely a quarter of the season done. And we just got a fun, fun remainder of the year ahead of us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining in with us. Thank you for giving us your thoughts and criticisms and things that you do like, even though that's very rare. So we appreciate you. Sinead, take us out. Yes, we love you all. Have a wonderful rest of your week and ramp up to week four. Let's get excited. And Skumishnik says... Bye. Players looks like look they oh gosh. <laughs> Hello.